0: When you build a native app, there's not much work that you have to do to keep up with these changes because the native applications are actually running at the same level of the operating system. So they exist within the operating system. So there's not much changes, much maintenance that you have to do with a native application. And like I said, I mean, these guys are in a constant world of who has the best device. Who has the faster device? What new features we can include that you won't have? And it's too hard, too hard to keep up with a hybrid app for these changes versus a native app that uh, it's pretty much like almost zero work that you have to do to keep up with all these changes.
1: Are you an overwhelmed SaaS founder ready to make the leap from leading a team to leading an organization? Join us each week as we refill your think tank with actionable tips and strategies from great business minds you know and those you don't know yet. This is SaaS
0: Fuel with your host, five-time entrepreneur, SaaS founder, and globetrotting adventurer, Jeff Mays.
1: Welcome back to the SAS Fuel podcast, where we don't call them teachers, we prefer the term educational rock stars. I'm your host, Jeff Maynes. Well, it is back to school time across the country here in the US. Meet the teacher, first days, and if you're like me, maybe first attentions. All right, no, just kidding. I usually made it through the first week, <laughs> at least maybe. You know, I've heard from a number of parents that mornings are crazier and traffic is worse, and from others that Working from home is now quiet and peaceful all of a sudden. Well, I was out on campus myself this week, first time in a while. Had a great time at Dallas Startup Week at SMU here in Dallas. Five days, 100 sessions, like 200 speakers. It was fantastic. I did a session based on my book, Small Fish, Big Pond, and it was rocking. Great energy, fantastic attendees, so much fun. I met some really amazing people, and many of them fellow SaaS founders as well. I was blown away by the commitment, passion, and ideas, not just the tech, but the mission of the founders who want to do something great in the world. I really appreciated the format and diversity of the entire event with different tracks, including the SaaS track. Big shout out to the DEC Network and sponsors Capital One SMU Cox School of Business. Big thank you to the captain of the SaaS track, Natalie Lunova, and the Deck Network team, Kendall Castillo, Alex Puente, Emma Barnhouse, and everyone who made the event a success. It was very, very well run. First class event loaded with value for entrepreneurs like us. So well done. If you were there, you know, and if not, you have to sign up for next year. Well, in last week's episode, my guest was Jonathan Seelig, co-founder and executive chair of Ridge, the world's most distributed cloud. Jonathan helped us cut through the noise and get to what's really important, along with big market shifts in SaaS applications. It's a stellar episode with someone who helped create the future of distributed content delivery that makes so many online services possible today and still has a great vision for the future of tech. So if you missed it, please do yourself a favor and go back and check it out. Well, next week, I will be at Podcast Movement right here in Dallas. If you're in town, send me a message and let's connect. My producer will be there too, Harry Duran from Fullcast and the guys from Squadcast, which is our recording platform extraordinaire. We're going to have a great time. It will be packed out. Really looking forward to meeting a few dozen people who have only had online conversations with. So really looking forward to that. Well, my guest today is Charles Amashta, co-founder and CEO of Do Genius On. These guys are revolutionizing mobile development for SaaS and apps. It is a quantum leap forward. Charles led the development of mobile cascading style sheets, MCSS, which is changing how we build and update native mobile apps. So, like what does a quantum leap look like? How about 40% less development time? Instant updates without long approvals or red tape. I mean, it really is genius. And not just a techie. Charles loves spending time with his wife, two beautiful daughters, traveling, discovering new restaurants, and cooking crazy dishes at home. Another chef. Love it. Give it up for Charles Amashta. Today's episode is sponsored by my book, Small Fish Big Pond, building a world-class business that swims circles around competitors. So why do some companies achieve explosive growth while others sink into the depths? What do exceptional SaaS companies do that mediocre companies don't? And what can SaaS leaders learn from fish? Small Fish Big Pond delivers powerful business lessons guaranteed to change the way you view your business and includes hands-on exercises and growth tools to get lightning-fast results. Get your copy today at smallfishbigpond.com. Use the code SASFUEL to unlock special bonus content. All right. Hey, Charles, welcome to SASFUEL.
0: Thank you, Jeff. It's actually a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background from where you started and all the way into the the mobile app world.
0: Yeah, I started like, uh, I've been in technology probably for like 20 years in technology, but In mobile development, pretty much over 10, 12 years, maybe. So It's a long time for mobile. Yeah, I know. We (laughs) we pretty much started at the beginning of mobile.
1: Yeah, that's early days for sure.
0: That's super early days. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah, I mean, I started working with, uh, like, developing mobile applications with my partner, and that's what we were doing before we started this new journey, which is to create technology for mobile developers pretty much. And that was based on our own experience on how hard it was to build native mobile, uh, mobile apps the way it is right now. So, yeah, I've been in technology for a long, long time, 20 plus years pretty much, yeah.
1: So if somebody's building a mobile app today, what are the options out there?
0: They can go native. The only thing with native is that it's the best application that you can get. A mobile application, a native mobile application is the best application that an end user can actually get. Okay. Based on experience, performance, reliability, everything. Not, there's no other way to go if you want to actually offer the best product ever. It will have to be native. Uh, but the problem with native is that it's, it's complex on the sense that the way you build a native mobile app, you have... The best way that I can put this is pretty much the way websites used to be built back in the 90s. Okay. Back in the 90s, if you wanted to create a website of 100 pages, you needed to format those individual 100 pages by itself and each of the objects of those within those pages.
1: I remember those days. That's, that was a nightmare. And you make a, a change one place. Now you have to go make that exact same change another 20, 30, 40, 100 times.
0: Yes, and that was a pain. Even like for a five-page website, it was, I mean, it was like super time-consuming. Yes. you know. And then CSS came into the picture. And now you can build 10,000 websites with uh, pretty much in no time because now you apply all the style. Every on the CSS file, and that goes through every single object, every single format, every single aesthetics and design through the whole website. Well, guess what? That's how native mobile apps are now being built. You have to, it's pretty much the way a website was built in the 90s. So every component within a view of a native mobile app, you have to do the format and the aesthetics and the properties for each one of those components that goes within the view. So you have, if you want to build a native mobile app for, let's say, six views, and within those six views, you have, let's say, 60 components. Well, you have to do 60 times the properties, design, aesthetics for for each one of those objects times six views times, six times, right?
1: Wow. And then you have to do that for multiple platforms. Is that right? You have to do for one for iOS and one for Android.
0: That is correct, Jeff. You have to do that. Then you have to replicate that into iOS and, and Android. So we're not talking about 60 times, times six. We're talking about 60 times, times six, parentheses, times two. Pretty much. Wow. It's
1: way it's way too much work. Are there other tools out there that people are using to build apps?
0: Yes, we have also the hybrid apps, right? And uh, those are, like, super easy to build. In I've I, I, been honest. I mean, it's very easy because you build one application, right? And that application is actually it, going to be suitable for Android and it's going to be suitable for iOS. The issue with the hybrid apps is that, of course, they're super quick to build, right? but it's not going to give you the same experience as a native application. Okay. So then we have native, we have the hybrid apps, like for example, React Native, it's, it's hybrid pretty much. And there's other hybrid apps in the market or platforms in the market out there right now. We also have the web apps, which I don't even kind of mention because it's like, I mean, it's pretty much just a website into a mobile encapsulating a mobile experience, let's put it that way. Okay. So, but those are pretty much the three types of technologies that lets a a developer build a mobile app nowadays. Yeah.
1: So what are the best technologies or best practices or what are ways that mobile app development is changing or evolving?
0: Well, let's say, for example, a company that wants to build like a, a quick mobile app. And they want to have it in iOS and they want to have it also on Android. Right now, what they do is they just build a hybrid mobile app because you build just one app and then you can actually just distribute that that app into Android and iOS. So that will be kind of like the faster way, but that doesn't mean that it's the best way to actually deliver a good experience for the end users.
1: Is that because of speed or why is it not the, the best experience?
0: It's because... A native application, it's built within the operating system of the device. So the performance, the speed, and even the user experience, it's going to be way better. Also, like the resources of the device, they are better utilized within a native app than hybrid app. Pretty much hybrid app, the engine of the hybrid app, it's really a browser. Okay. While the native app, it's actually, it's built within the operating system of the device. So it works at the same level of the operating system of the device. So it's quicker, it's faster, and it performs much better with all the features of the device, all the native features of the device, location services, uh, a camera, Everything, all those native features works much better because they're on the same level. So the services request respond faster to a native mobile app than a hybrid app.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Yes. So it's all of the one, I guess, the abstraction layer of the other components and then probably additional bloatware or things that are part of the, I don't know if it'd be the the content management or you know, other pieces that, uh, that are not necessarily used in the app, but they're still sitting there anyway.
0: They're still sitting there. They, and actually just mentioned something that it's actually like very crucial, which is sitting there. Also, when you create a hybrid app, that conversion into making that hybrid app to be encapsulated into an application that will be installed at the operating system level of the application, it actually creates a lot of garbage code, that process. So make those app actually like heavier for the devices. And sometimes it actually uses more resources of the device than what it's supposed to be using because of that garbage code. So that's another thing that you just made me think about right now. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, we definitely don't want garbage code.
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: So if we're building a web app today, I mean, what are the, the options or what do you see the future of development? Is it going to be hybrid? Is it native? Is there something that is going to make native better or faster?
0: Yes. And thank you for bringing this topic because this is crucial. I think right now there's a lot of hybrid apps in the market, a lot. I mean, most companies nowadays, they prefer to go with a hybrid solution because the speed of building a hybrid app nowadays. But um, the problem is the there is a war between like the smart devices, the manufacturers, there is a war between them. They are always trying to come up with the best device, like the faster device.
1: All the time.
0: All the time. So there is a constant war between these big guys let's say just to name a few apple and samsung they keep on launching a new device every year sometimes twice a year you know
1: and way faster than i can keep up and upgrade me too
0: i know (laughs) (laughs) me too i still got like i think i got the iphone 11 still something like that
1: (laughs) oh ancient technology now the
0: dinosaur yeah, so they keep on releasing new device, faster device with new features. And here's what happened with hybrid apps. Right now, the leader in hybrid, it's React Native. That it's from React, it's from Meta actually. Before we had PhoneGap, that was acquired by Adobe, and now PhoneGap doesn't exist anymore because maintaining and keep up with these changes from these manufacturers with a hybrid app, it's very, very costly and very time-consuming.
1: Okay.
0: So the hybrid technologies that we had in the past, most of them had died already. Right now, pretty much the one that that is uh, like dominating the market, it's React Native, which is from Meta. Now, Re- Meta... It's actually started. They actually started to change all their applications to be native. (laughs) So
1: they're not even using their own platform then, or they're moving off of their own platform.
0: They are using their own platform, but the way they they're doing it pretty much is like, for example, let's put Facebook. It's actually built native. What we say, the, like the nucleus, it's actually built native, but A lot of the features onto Facebook, it's built with React. Ah, okay. So what they're going to be doing, they're going to be replacing all that into native features. Why? And the reason for this is because every time there is a new change with the operating system of the device that gets a new update, which normally we get a new update every two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And there's new devices, new features, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. These hybrid technologies they have to do a lot to keep up with this. So, vice versa, with uh, native, when you build a native app, there's not much work that you have to do to keep up with these changes because the native applications are actually running at the same level of the operating system. So they exist within the operating system. So there's not much changes, much maintenance that you have to do with a native application. And like I said, I mean, these guys are in a constant war of who has the best device, who has the faster device, what new features we can include that you won't have. And it's too hard, too hard to keep up with a hybrid app to, for these changes versus a native app that uh, it's pretty much like almost zero work that you have to do to keep up with all these changes uh, on that sense. So I do see that maybe not now, but in the near future, a lot of apps are going to be replaced. All these hybrid apps are going to be replaced by native app because yes, right now, let's say it might be cost effective to build a hybrid app that a native app, but in the long term, with all the means that you have to do to keep up with all these changes that happens with the updates that uh, the, the manufacturers keep on on sending every two weeks, every three weeks, and with the new devices, new features that they, they keep on coming, your app actually is going to end up being more, I would say, more expensive than a native app if you built a native app since the beginning. So I think we're going to actually start seeing that change in the near future. And we're seeing already with some big guys like Facebook or Meta, which they are the owners of React and they are starting to migrate from React into native. So we're seeing that because in the long run, it's probably going to cost you more money. Yeah.
1: That makes sense. I guess coming into it, if you're building an app, that's one of the first things you're looking at is what, how cheap can I get this out the door? And not really thinking about the the long term cost, are there ways that that we can make native apps less expensive to develop on the the front end I mean are there there technologies that that you're working on that will make that process better, faster, cheaper?
0: Yes, and that's what we've been doing for the past two years. We started these as a pretty much it was like a crazy idea at the moment. We were building an app.
1: I love crazy ideas yeah yeah those are the best
0: <laughs> well, a crazy idea
1: and somebody says yes then then we just go
0: <laughs> right and then it comes all the tests and all the stuff and, you know <laughs> so that's nice yeah we, we started this because we were building a native app that was about two years ago and uh, we were getting crazy about changes all the time in the aesthetics and this, and, oh we don't want this background. We want this font. We want this bottom. We want to change this. And it was back and forward, back and forward, back and forward. And my partner, he was like, hey, Charles, I'm thinking about something, but I don't know if that works. What if we do something like CSS, you know? So we can, you know, we can take all these aesthetics and everything and all those changes and apply it entirely through classes and IDs, through the whole application. I was like, I actually laughed first. So I was like, yeah, nah.
1: <laughs> Idea's too crazy for even you. <laughs> yeah.
0: But then, you know, we started thinking about it, and we said, well, it might work. So we start like, putting the, the idea together. We start actually seeing how CSS it's actually being used and applied on websites, etc., etc. how we can utilize CSS in order to do this. And that's how we came up with MCSS, which is Mobile Cascade Style Sheet for native mobile applications. And pretty much what MCSS is, just to put it like very simple, it's CSS apply natively to mobile applications in Android and iOS. So right now with, uh, let's say, an application using MCSS can actually reduce more than 40% of development time.
1: Wow, that is significant.
0: It is significant. It is very significant. Let's say just one line of CSS, for example, of MCSS, it will update the whole application for whatever objects or components that you want to update. So the best way to explain it, it's mobile, native mobile applications will work exactly or works exactly because MCSS already exists, works exactly as CSS on a website. And the coolest thing is that, let's say, for example, if you want to change the color, let's say you have 20 buttons within an iOS app and you want to change the color of the bottom from Black to green, right? All right. Without MCSS, you will have to do that process 20 times, right?
1: About 40 times if you're doing it on Android also. Correct. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's way too many color changes.
0: Yes, 100%. You will end up seeing green at the end. (laughs) (laughs) With MCSS, you just need to set up just one CSS line, background, green, and that will change all 20 in iOS, and simultaneously, if you have an Android app, all 20 on the Android app at the same time. You don't need any more code, or you don't need any more uh, going to each of the properties for those buttons and change it in each of the views. MCSS will take care of that. So what we created with MCSS is pretty much a state machine that learns or reads the input of the CSS line and then an applier that takes that and change that code and transform that code into Java for Android or Kotlin and Swift for iOS and apply it uh, natively into the project.
1: That's pretty impressive.
0: That's what real process is.
1: So is it something that that you have to push out updates every time so you change that those buttons from black to green now? Do you have to do an update where everybody has to, to download it and go through the same approval process again, or how does that work?
0: Yeah, that's actually one of the coolest thing because right now, for example, if you want to do let's say I want to change the background of my login view, right? I just want to change the background of the login view. Well, to change the background of the login view, I have to create a new iPad and a new APK for Android, submit that to the stores, wait for approval. And once they are approved by the stores, They're available for my end users to update their apps, right? With MCSS, you can actually have the MCSS file on a URL, right? Okay. It can be on your API server or on any URL. So all changes that happen on that MCSS file, it will be reflected almost real time to the end users without having to submit a new version for revision to the app stores, or to the Play Store. So you don't need that anymore. So let's say, for example, I want to change that background login for that view for my end users. I will just change it on my URL, on my MCSS file, which is stored on a URL. And that change, it will be available for the users the next time they go into the app. It actually can be, it actually can be at the moment, that the user, is, I mean, we can actually do it in real time. The reason why we don't do it in real time is because we think it will be shocking for an. <laughs> that that would be right. <laughs> Seeing a red my
1: sh- buttons all just turn green. What did
0: I do? <laughs> right. So the way we do it is that uh, the next time the user goes back to the app, those changes will be reflected. So if the user closed the app, let's say, and goes back to the app three seconds after the change was made on the MCSS file, he will see that or she will see that uh, change reflected on the application.
1: Okay. So it's like the app is calling home. Every time it's opened up, it goes and just says, hey, do I have a new CSS file? And and if it does, it downloads it and stores it locally. And But it's always checking to see if there's something new.
0: Yes. I mean, well, it's not really that it's actually checking that it's something new. It's actually that uh, we are sending. Ah, okay. It's sending the change. It's actually... Yeah, uh, doing a push into the application. Even better. Yeah, <laughs> even better. Yeah. So that's kind of the coolest thing also that you can get. So for aesthetic changes um, and design changes, there's no need anymore to submit for to the source. You can actually just do that and uh, replace a button or change the font or change a picture from a square to round or whatever you need to do, which is aesthetic static design, you can do it right away, real time, pretty much using an MCSS external URL file.
1: Great. We're going to take a quick sponsor break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Charles about building a business around this crazy idea of MCSS right after this. Why do some companies achieve explosive growth while others sink into the dApps? What do exceptional SaaS companies do that mediocre companies don't? And what can SaaS leaders learn from fish? Hey, check out my book, Small Fish, Big Pond, Building a World-Class Business that Swims Circles Around Competitors. This book delivers powerful business lessons guaranteed to change the way you view your business and includes hands-on exercises and growth tools to get lightning-fast results. Get your copy today at Small Fish Big Pond. Use the code SASFuel to unlock special bonus audio and video content. And welcome back. My guest today, Charles Amashti, CEO of Do Genius On. And we are talking all things mobile apps and uh, mobile CSS. And so, Charles, in building the the company around this, taking a a crazy idea, how did you know this was an idea that was going to take off or would have good fit in the market?
0: Well, since we started developing mobile apps, we always try to strive for delivering the best product so we knew that uh, the best product that you can actually deliver to a client was an native mobile application based in terms of performance user experience etc cetera, etc cetera, all that stuff so and all these challenges that i was talking before about this war between having the best device the bigger device like uh, the best features of the device and all that stuff. It's so hard to keep up with that when you have a hybrid application, you have to to actually just do a lot of minions in order to keep up with all these changes. So, and here's the thing, the, the, the smart device market, it's just, it's keeping growing and growing and growing like uh, pretty much all of the traffic is coming from mobile devices nowadays and uh, we, yeah, and we have right now 7.5 billion users of smart devices. That's including wow. mobile phones and tablets, for example. We're talking that in 2021, the revenue for the, the mobile industry was $133 billion. And uh, there's forecast that says that by the end of 2023, that industry can be about $933 billion. So it's something that just keeps growing and growing and growing. And because it keeps growing and we know that devices are getting faster, are getting better in every sense, in reality, the best way to go is native. That's the best way to go is native, having a native application. So you don't have to do much in the future and you can keep up with all these changes that every time they're coming. So when we saw these and when we tested and we saw that it worked on the application that we built, we said, we have something here that we can, you know, we, we, we can make. Public for everybody, for all developers, so we can start creating better applications, and we can keep up with the future. Because we believe the future is going to be native. Because I mean, like with all these constant changes, we're seeing Meta already doing this change on uh, everything that they have built on React. They have a plan to build, rebuild on native. I mean, so this is going to be huge on that sense, and uh, we want to be. Part of a great solution for building faster and more cost effective native mobile applications. I mean, we're talking about reducing 40% of the time of building a mobile application. That also means you're reducing the cost for building a mobile application.
1: Right. Yeah. Time is the most expensive thing in building an app. Yeah. And, uh, and getting it right. Yes. So that's great. Well, tell me a little bit about Do Genius On.
0: Well, once we saw this work, you know, we were like, okay, so now what do we do? You know what? Let's create a company. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> let's form a company. Okay, let's do that. You know, so we form a company and it was just my partner and me. That was back in 2019. And what we did, we just started working the, on building this idea to actually just, you know, make it. Public make it like for everybody to use, and it was hard. It was just him and me. But uh, then in 2020, we were super lucky. We had a meeting with uh, some investors, and they saw the potential. They saw what this could be in the future, and we were able to raise five hundred thousand dollars at the time. With that, we start hiring people to help us on building these. And now we have a nice team. We have three Android guys, we have three iOS guys, we have three web guys, we have two designers, and we are just building new features into MCSS and new products. We were able to also start also new products to help on building great solutions for mobile developers on that sense.
1: So how do you take a, something like MCSS and how do you get it to take off in the industry and, and how do you get the adoption?
0: Well, it's a little hard at the beginning because this is a new technology. It's the only technology that exists that you can apply CSS into mobile. It's the only technology. Actually, I never mentioned this, but let's say for example, a developer that wants to build a mobile application. Let's say, for example, if they have already a website, they can take the CSS file from the website and apply it into their mobile project because MCSS will recognize more than 70% of that CSS file. So he will or she will have to do like minor, minor changes and work into building that mobile application because they already have a CSS file and MCSS will read that and will apply it.
1: That's impressive. So then you have the web app that matches the same color scheme really easily in the same look and feel of the website.
0: Yes. Yes. So I mean, and every feature that you have on the website, it will be reflected on your mobile application when using MCSS. So that's the thing. This is so new. I mean, nobody pretty much knows about this technology that this is going to be the hardest part at the beginning. Like how, like letting everybody knows about that this technology exists and it's already in the market and it's already there for people to download it. And guess what? And it's free. I mean, anybody can download it for oh there you go are using it right now.
1: Every <laughs> mobile developer should have a copy of that for sure, then and it saves significant amount of time. Yes. I would love that. So maybe more we'll know about it because of the podcast.
0: I know a hundred percent of for sure. <laughs> And you know what? I mean, I was thinking about like, let's say, for example, one thing is that MCSS also will help those web developers to start going into mobile developer. The reason why is because you just need to understand CSS. If you understand CSS, you know how MCSS works and you can apply it right away, pretty much.
1: That's great.
0: So Yeah. Really
1: flattens the learning curve.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that the only thing to start using MCSS is knowing how CSS works, and that's it pretty much. If you know CSS, you know how to apply MCSS into mobile. Boom, so it's done deal. And the other thing that I didn't mention before, it was like the other good thing about MCSS is, I don't know if you noticed like how an application changes from an iOS and Android.
1: Right, they're not the same application. It, they look like they're
0: different. Correct.
1: Yeah, like, like different people built them.
0: Correct. They, they look a little different between the two platforms because MCSS will give the design and the design the design, and the aesthetics is centralized on MCSS for both. That's a don't deal now. Now they will look the same in iOS and Android. I mean, it will be the same app. You will have the same brand in both platforms on that sense.
1: That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Change it one place and it goes to both. Yeah. So what were the, the big challenges in taking an idea and a, a technology? Because you, you've been building mobile apps and now you've created technology and turned that into a product. Or the challenges in launching the company and, and getting it to where you are today?
0: Yeah. Well, I think the most difficult thing that we encountered was to prove the concept. To let and to show everybody that uh, it's a proof concept and it works. I think that was the most difficult part, like proof that, you know, that this technology actually works and do what it says it does. So that was pretty much the, the big challenge that we had at the beginning and more even when it was just two guys doing this, you know, so um, uh, we didn't have the time to. Try to meet with uh, investors and things, and uh, because we were actually just focusing on developing, building a company, building the company. (laughs) Yeah. Now that we have a team, it's getting easier in that sense because now I'm actually focusing more on seeing how we can get this to the next level and and make MCSS needed technology. The way CSS is now for websites, it's like nobody today is, is going to build a website without CSS. Exactly. So we hope we know it's going to happen because of all these changes that are happening with all these devices, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We know it's going to happen that in the near years, no mobile application is going to be built without MCSS because it's faster, it's quick, it saves time, it saves money, and you can get. To One of the most difficult things to build an application is actually the aesthetics and the design. That's where you spend most of the time. So we're now taking that away on that sense. And uh, we are also building some new themes and new cool stuff for MCSS in the future. Like, for example, we're building new features that you won't be able just to do adjustments on the aesthetics, but also the functionalities like, for example, create a whole new view and, and be ready. Wow. Push that out users of- right away. Yeah. Things like that. We're also building cool features that it's going to be on the functionality side, not just the aesthetics. And uh, the other good thing that we're building right now, we're completely building a whole AI within MCSS for data analytics. So that way, for example, by using MCSS, you will also have information about your application and your users without having to use third party applications that are super expensive on that sense.
1: Oh, that's brilliant. So you're getting the data directly from your user base instead of having to go have it collected by somebody else and paying another subscription fee for that.
0: Correct. You so the data, it will be pretty much your data because it, it's built on MCSS. Once MCSS is there, it's in your project. It's native and it's yours. So you won't need any third-party application or something like that. Uh, you just need MCSS and then you will have AI within MCSS in order to analyze behaviors, how your app is doing, uh, what it's doing, what needs to be done, what it's failing, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, all that stuff.
1: So new features, what features are being used, things that people don't really care about that you thought that they would. Not that that ever happens, right? Right. <laughs> like, why is nobody going to that screen? Yeah, I've wondered that myself a time or two. We built this awesome thing. Why does nobody care? Because so, we didn't ask them. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. Well, I love the idea of being able to push that out. And I think that's one thing that will really change app development and and just the the ability to update apps. Because right now, it really is a pain. They have to go back through that approval process every time. And so for a lot of companies, it's probably not worthwhile to do releases as often as maybe they would like to or that would, would benefit their users. So as they see things, this will speed up that process, right?
0: It will, it will speed up this process. I mean, I remember we had in the past, every time we wanted to do a change, sometimes, let's say for example, if, if the stores, they're too busy, you have to wait until one week for getting the approval. So for your app to change from in-review to sell. (laughs) So So it was crazy. And now imagine that uh, we're also building new features for the functionality. So in that sense, let's say, for example, somebody wants to create, I don't know, let's say somebody wants to create a, a contest within the app. They can just, they will be able to just build it using MCSS and push it and that's it it will be available for end users right away without having to go through the whole process of you know getting the approval to be the up and running for the end users on that sense
1: so more dynamic and uh, and real-time content instead of having to to wait for a release cycle
0: yes yes so we're working on it that's something that is coming in the future but right now mcss is available for android and ios for all those aesthetic changes that needs to happen and to actually just build two apps, I'm talking about the two different platforms, iOS and Android, right? like very, very quick. I have to say, I have to be honest. I mean, this is not going to be faster than hybrid app. That's 100% sure. I mean, a hybrid app still is going to be faster to build, right?
1: Well, the long-term maintenance for sure. Be a lot less.
0: Yes, exactly. And not just that. I mean, now building a native app is not going to cost you and it's not going to be the same time as it was before MCSS. So now it will be built by cutting at least 40% of that development time. So,
1: so if somebody's looking at building an app or trying to decide if they, they should do it, uh, what would you tell them? You know, when should you build an app and when should you not, or maybe just make your applications mobile-friendly?
0: Well, that's a very hard question, Jeff. (laughs) Of
1: course. We don't (laughs) ask easy questions.
0: Right. (laughs) And the reason is because it's pretty much based on how much you care for the end user to be happy with what you give them. Okay. In other words... Are you building a mobile app because are you seeing that most of the traffic that is happening to your business or your website, it's coming from mobile devices? If that's the case, then if you want to build something good, go native because you will be giving the best user experience to that user. Because here's the thing, and I'm, I'm one of those users. If I go to Let's say if I open a mobile app, I download a mobile app. I use the mobile app, let's say, to do something that I need to do. And I'm already used to a website that I have been running. I've been doing my stuff on that. I'm just going to put like a regular example. Let's say, for example, Walmart, right? Sure. Um, Use that example. I love the Walmart website because I can find everything that I want in the Walmart website. So I need to buy something, I go to Walmart, I find it, I buy it, boom. Right. I downloaded the Walmart, web, uh, the Walmart application back in, I don't know, like that. probably that was like a year, year and a half ago, something like that, I don't remember exactly. And I had the worst experience. No, me too. I hate the app.
1: And yeah, the website works really, really well. The app is awful. And you think for a company that size, I mean, can they not build a web app?
0: Exactly. Exactly. So what I did was I delete it. And if I need to buy something in Walmart, I just open my laptop and I go to the website <laughs> and buy it. But guess what? Because of that, now I use more Amazon because I have it in my mobile phone. <laughs> <laughs> so they're actually losing some money with me because I'm, you know, because, ah, oh, God, I got to go to the website. I got to open my laptop, go to Walmart.com and then find the product. You know what? I got Amazon here, which is a very nice app so I can use right away. <laughs> and I'll prefer to buy it in Amazon. <laughs> so that's the thing. I mean, it's like how much you care Really, I mean, if you're going to build a mobile app, you want your users to keep coming back.
1: You want to make it a good experience. If it's going to be a bad experience, don't bother building an app.
0: Exactly. You know, just keep your website and, you know, have everybody go to the website. But at the end, you're going to end up losing some people because traffic is moving from desktop to mobile. And I mean, we're at 70% of that. 70% of the traffic is coming from mobile devices.
1: Easily, yes. Yeah, so making sure that you're, you're ready for mobile for sure. And then uh, if you're going to have those repeat repeat customers, that uh, ongoing engagement, a mobile app that, that works and delivers as good or better experience in the website. A
0: hundred percent. And just to add, okay, yeah, it might be cheaper to build a hybrid app right now. But think about all the money that you're going to have to spend through keeping and maintaining that mobile app. When you can build a native app and do a lot less work for maintenance with all these changes that keeps happening every two weeks, every three weeks, and we got new phones, new devices every twice a year. And, you know, so think about that. I mean, a native mobile app, it's going to be working at the same level of the device operating system. So there's not much maintenance that you have to do there.
1: That's probably not something that's part of the sales pitch for most of the app development companies out there.
0: 100% no. <laughs> oh, well, no that's, pay no
1: <laughs> attention to the man behind the curtain. It's cheap to start with. That's all that matters. Correct, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they normally say, oh, we can get you a, a mobile app within a week and it's going to be just this cheap and it's going to be good for Android and iOS. But guess what? You have to retain us for a while. <laughs>
1: It'd be good for the first week and then the second week and, and then maybe some
0: updates. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> that's why there's so many bad apps out there sitting in the store that haven't been updated in a long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, and the good thing about it is that we also made it, MCSS, we also made it so easy to migrate from hybrid into a native app with MCSS.
1: Oh, that's nice.
0: Yeah. So it's very, very easy to migrate an app to start using MCSS on that sense. Because we thought about that. I mean, we don't want just the native app market. We want that all those hybrid applications go into native so we can give the best user experience to all those users that are now using mobile applications. We're talking about 7.5 billion users in the world so that's a few. Let's build very good, very reliable, very robust mobile applications.
1: That sounds great. Charles, how can the audience learn more about you and Do Genius On online? Where can we find you?
0: Well, DoGeniusOn.com uh, pretty much and getMCSS.com for MCSS. And, uh, well, if they want to reach out to me, I'm on LinkedIn as Charles Amashta. I'm on Facebook as Charles Amashta. I'm on Twitter as Kamashta.
1: <laughs> all pretty... right. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And we'll link all of those in the show notes and and certainly make sure that we link the MCSS so everybody can download that and build great mobile apps in the future.
0: Yeah, that will be great. Thank you so much, Jeff, for having me here.
1: Absolutely. It was great talking with you, Charles. Thanks a lot. It was
0: great talking to meet you. Thank you so much.
1: Well, thanks again to Charles for coming on the show and sharing your insights and resources. You can learn more about Charles and Do Genius On at dogeniuson.com. If you're thinking about mobile development, grab the MCSS standards. It's free. It really is genius. I could not believe the difference that this makes. Absolute game changer for mobile. As always, all links, highlights, resources, and full show notes are available at sassfuel.com.